All right, greetings. Welcome in. Better's Last Stand, show number 66, coming to you from the Pine Room Studios down here in beautiful and fabulous downtown Wheeling. It's a war zone downtown as usual. Had car going down the wrong, uh, down a one-way street the wrong way. It's a, it's a mess out there, so hopefully your holiday travels will not bring you to the friendly city. It's uh, quite a mess, and I wonder when these guys are going to stop working for Christmas. But anyway, good to have you with us here on show number 66, uh, Matt Flying Solo. I got Woodstock and Snoopy and uh, Spud McKenzie, Target Dog, and Santa, who's uh, checking out um, Mike Florio's new book, On the Way Home. So... Or on our way home, our way home. Uh, be sure and uh, if you haven't got your last minute Christmas gifts, you can buy it in an audiobook form uh, on Amazon. I believe some of the other book sites. Uh, it's a really, really cool book. Mike has been thinking about writing the Christmas themed book for quite a few years. So check it out. Uh, we appreciate him giving his time. He wasn't able to make it on the show last week, but we had him a few weeks ago. And we'll have him again here in the near future. So be sure check out all of our stuff on social media and on YouTube. If you haven't seen our interviews or listened to him with Mike on the radio or in the studio here, uh, you definitely want to check that out at the Pine Room Studios. He is the uh, architect of Pro Football Talk and is a regular contributor on NBC and uh, just does a really good job. Anyway, getting down to business here. Uh, wasn't our best week uh, as bowl season started up. We had a uh, a lot of bowl games last week, a lot of bad games, uh, some pro games on Saturday. We have that once again this week. We were down about three units, uh, minus 280. Not terrible, but definitely not very good, not where we want to be. But we're up seven units over the last three weeks at about plus 770. So uh, looking at some of the positive sides of things, again, we're very transparent here. We're not trying to uh, tell you that we win all the time, and we're not going to try to sit here and give you uh, five, $6 favorites uh, as winners and expect uh, us to be able to put those in the win column because this is downright uh, just uh, the wrong way to go about it. So anyway, you're gonna get you're gonna get a straight shot here on our shows and across all of our Pine Room platforms. So uh, we take pride in that. 17 and 10, 17, 10 and one in our college football future bets over the season, uh, plus about six units there. Uh, again, not not great, but still turning a profit. So we can't be too upset. Not not as good as we did last year. We're six and seven currently in NFL futures right now. Um, somehow I'm leading the way at four and one in those NFL futures coaches at two and three and Chris off to a, to a rough start here. Uh, oh, and three in his, uh, NFL best bets for the season, uh, thus far, uh, coach was one and one in his bowls last week. Chris had no plays in that last week. Uh, I was down minus about two and a half units last week. I was one and oh on my best bet with Buffalo against the Dallas Cowboys, uh, best bets on the season. I am 15 and nine. Uh, still holding it together, okay. Coach six and fifteen, Chris eleven six and one, but he hasn't picked for a couple of weeks. So, anyway, we'll hopefully get him back uh, picking here before too long. But we have a, a loaded card of bowl games. But I want to remind everybody that uh, this show and many of our Pine Room shows, including our uh, two o'clock hour on the Watchdog on Monday, Tuesday, and th and I almost said Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, are sponsored by our good friends at IC Cab, serving the Ohio Valley for all your transportation needs. Um, you have uh, courier services and corporate transportation. They're also available through IC Cab, and uh, you should call or arrange your ride today for the weekend. I would highly encourage it. 304-232-1313 or download the IC Cab app for a, a quick, handy way to uh, get a cab here in Wheeling, get transportation any which way you need. IC Cab always working, and they really are. I took one 
Uh, me and my brother had one last week to a family reunion Christmas party. So uh, it's uh, as reliable as they come, and that app is awesome. It tells you how many minutes to your driver gets there and uh, tells you what your rate is and all that kind of stuff. So uh, great stuff from IC Cab. We're going to actually have Phil Savaggio, the owner of IC Cab, on the show, uh, radio show today. As you listen to this, you should be able to turn it on. We have a Christmas special, 12 to 5. We're going to be on the Watchdog as we bring in the Christmas cheer and the Watchdog Christmas party down here at the WKKX uh, studio, which is where our studio is also located. So going to be a fun day on Friday. We're going to have Phil on the show. I believe he's going to be on in the 1 o'clock hour or maybe the 2 o'clock hour. I, don't quote me on that one. And then we have uh, our segment, Nailing It Down. Uh, we're going to have uh, the marketing manager for the Nailers on as well. And I'm sure many other guests to uh, bring in the uh, festivities and have a really nice and enjoyable time down here at the Watchdog. And again, we thank our Watchdog friends for everything they've done for us. It's been um, quite a fun time uh, getting involved with them, and we really enjoy it and are proud to be a part of it. So, again, thanks to IC Cab and the Watchdog. And uh, we got a big show Friday. So, if you're uh, out and about or if you're just at home and you took the day off, turn it on 12 to 5 on the Watchdog. Can't miss it. Um, it's uh, It should be a fun time. Anyway, we're going to get right into the Bulls right now. It was not, uh, not again, not a great start to the Bulls season, but these things are tricky right now. They're really getting tough. So, uh, bad beat from last night that I wanted to mention. You have. Uh, Marshall and uh, UTSA. UTSA had been a sig significant favorite for a near two-touchdown favorite now for a couple of weeks. They were about 12-and-a-half yesterday morning. Now, this was on Tuesday, so when you hear this, it'll be a couple days ago. Tuesday morning, 12-and-a-half point favorite. All of a sudden, that thing goes just rapidly down to uh, 11, 10, 9, 9-and-a-half, or 9-and-a-half, 9, 8-and-a-half, 7. So, I mean, it's it goes, I think it ended up, bottoming out around seven and a half or eight depending on where you got the number marshall catching those points they originally catching at 12 uh early in the day and uh that was on news that utsa's quarterback wasn't going to play well it started out pretty well for marshall now that that just broke late in the afternoon so again it's just so tough right now to get information in a timely manner uh really is so marshall takes the big move and they don't get there they go up 14 nothing and then they uh proceed to uh, just uh, fall apart. They only got a field goal in the second half, and they didn't even even really threaten to score. So it was uh, it was definitely not a game. If you were on Marshall, you had to be kind of just sick to your stomach as you, uh, you, know, you think you're off to a great start there catching uh, at least a touchdown. But if you bet it early, like I, I had bet uh, I had bet the under, a couple of weeks ago, and of course that it went over. So it was, it was not a good, not a good uh, display on uh, on Tuesday night in that bowl game. That was the, uh, I believe the uh, famous, or that was a Frisco Bowl. That was the famous Toastery Bowl. Was a, another one that if you saw that one, and you had Old Dominion, my condolences. Old Dominion leads twenty eight to nothing in the Toastery Bowl on Monday, only to squander that lead and lose 38-35 in overtime. And you can kind of see the tides turning in that game as Western Kentucky got a little momentum before halftime. They finally scored, and then they come out and uh, and they put together some really nice drives, and uh, and, and then the, the, the pressure started to get to Old Dominion. They were pressing a little bit. They were taking uh, in interesting risks. They weren't running the ball, but they, they – I don't know. It was weird. They weren't really aggressive, but they kind of – just, I, their offense had no flow to it in the second half at all, and they had a lot of three and outs in Western Kentucky. You could see it when they got it to about a two-score game. You could kind of say, like, oh, boy, like this this completely tr just turned. In the beginning of the game, it looked like Old Dominion was going to win the game 55 to nothing, but 
weather, Western Kentucky weathered the storm. Uh, they did not have their starting quarterback, but once their backup got settled in, played very well, and they came back and won the game. Again, uh, condolences if you had that. I only had the over in that game, so I wasn't on the good or the bad side of that. Uh, really tough to, to swallow when you get beat like that. It's just... You never wish those kinds of beats on anybody because they're just they're they're gut wrenching and and it's it's very rare when you when you come out on the right side of those. So I'm sure some people out there did. So um, congrats to them. If you had ODU, I'm sorry about that. Uh, we pick up action here on Friday. It'll be the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Now this is an interesting. Uh, contest here you got central florida and georgia tech in this game and back when i went through my immediate bowl games i have uh, georgia tech circled and uh, i really like georgia tech in this game right now they get it's it's down from six and a half central central florida was a six and a half point favorite a 61 and a half on the total to open this the total is now at 67 and a half and central florida is now a four and a half point favorite i bet um Georgia Tech early on here. I think they'll be very motivated for this game. Can't say the same about Central Florida. They've had some guys uh, getting out of the program already. Uh, I know they're starting corners out. Uh, there's some some just some swirling stuff around some of the guys on their offense. So you just don't know. Uh, Georgia Tech's top edge rusher and corner are out. But I like Georgia Tech's offense in this game. I think they uh, they probably are going to be able to score enough points to be able to win this game. So I'm on uh, I'm on Georgia Tech here. I think they win the game outright. Probably even maybe should be favored in this game. This is a big game for them. They've they've really struggled their program over the past uh, few years, and they're starting to come back to where they're actually respectable again. And I think they'll be uh, very dangerous here in this spot. And they probably uh, I, I like them to win the game. Uh, moving on to a Saturday game. That game was on Friday, so if you're listening to the show, that's a Friday game. So you have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bowl games on Saturday. So get ready. Starting at 12 noon, you got two of them, and you got two at 3:30, one at seven, one at 7:30, and one at 10:30. Uh, I'm not a namer with any of these matchups. I don't think they're very good, but we'll go through them anyway. Uh, Duke, a team that's in some shambles right now. A lot of guys gone uh, from the program. The coach is gone from the program. Uh, Duke has eight starters not playing in this game. Uh, so Troy is going to be where I'm going to go here. And uh, I also like the under. Coach likes the under in this game as well. The uh, total right now is at 44.5, and it's, and it's where it opened at, which is very strange to me. You got Duke's quarterback gone, coach gone. Duke's offense was bad at the beginning or the end of the season anyway, and they got eight starters out here. I Maybe you think the defensive starters will make more of a difference in the offense, but I tend to not think that. I think Troy will have a little bit of a home field advantage with this being in Birmingham, uh, and I look this to be a low-scoring game, um, not a very pretty game. So I'll be going Troy, and I am also on the under with coach as well, so I'll be supporting him in that play. Moving on to the... Camellia Bowl uh, or Camellia Bowl. This is actually the Crampton Bowl. It's played at the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. So you got two games in Alabama to start it out. Arkansas State taking on Northern Illinois. This game opened uh, Arkansas State minus one and a half total, fifty-seven and a half. It is now uh, Arkansas State minus three in the total, fifty-three and a half. Um, this is the first bowl game for Arkansas State in a while, but they have not fared very well in here. I had a I had a stat here somewhere uh, about this game that I don't even know if I can find it. Uh, let's see. Seven straight bowl losses for the Red Wolves. They're one and six against the spread. So tread lightly on that one. Uh, and then going back to that other game, uh, Troy is currently on an eight and one uh, run against the spread. 
And they currently, I don't think I said the line, they're up to seven and a half now after an opener of five and a half there. So uh, I I don't know about this one. This is a tough game here. I'm, I'm leaning towards the under. That's kind of where I'm going here. I don't think either one of these teams is just uh, exceptional on offense. Uh, Arkansas State has their top linebacker out. Northern Illinois has their center and defensive end out. So uh, not sure that makes a ton of an impact, but my lean here is to the under. I don't love anything at all in the Crampton Bowl. Moving along to the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Carter Stadium in Fort Worth, Texas. You have the James Madison Dukes now minus two, the total 41. That's down from the opener of four and a half and a total of 42 and a half. This was, uh, if you were listening to the radio show a couple weeks ago on a Friday, Coach gave this out as one of his plays. He likes James Madison. Minus the uh, four and a half at that time, and you're, you're actually getting a better number on it. This is our first bowl, so you definitely got to figure they're going to be motivated. Uh, but their coach is out; he's on his way to Indiana, so that you never know how guys will react. I'd imagine that they'll play pretty hard. Uh, and then you have, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Air Force. Geez, I was Air Force uh, coming in right now. They, they're running back opted out. He's actually pretty good, which is very rare. You don't see that from the academies very often. I'm not sure if he's hurt, though, because I, I saw opt out, but I'm, I'm not certain that maybe he's not uh, injured there. Uh, been, a, been a while since uh, since Air Force has won a game. I think they've lost four in a row to end the season. So definitely not the kind of season that they wanted to finish up with. So uh, I, I don't really know where to go in this game. I, I actually kind of am leaning towards playing Air Force here, but not a strong play. Coach on James Madison there uh, as we move along. Georgia State and Utah State doing battle in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Albertson Stadium in Boise. This thing opened Georgia State minus 3.5. The total 63.5. Right now, you have Utah State minus 3.5. So a complete role reversal there as some of these uh, Georgia State players defect the total. 59.5 down from that 63. Cooley gave out an under on that play or on that game. Uh, on the radio a couple of weeks ago, and it obviously moved with the under. Georgia State has their running back, wide receiver, right tackle, and corners all all out of the game. Utah State it will only be without their starting safety, which is not going to be easy. Um, man, I, I really have no feel in this game again. I, like I really thought that these uh, these games on Saturday were pretty bad. Like this just to me, these just don't intrigue me at all. Uh, just there's a whole lot of a whole lot of garbage here. You got two six and six teams coming in here. There's just not a whole lot to be uh, excited about in this potato bowl. I I lean Utah State in the game. I think that the move is the right way for them. I'll probably be backing them. I feel like that program is just in a little better spot. So going to lean Utah State there, but no strong play there. Uh, numbers moved uh, with Utah State into the under. Moving along the 68 ventures. Hancock Whitney Bowl or the 68 Ventures Bowl at Hancock Whitney Stadium. Sorry. Uh, it'll be South Alabama taking on the Eastern Michigan Eagles. South Alabama opened 16 and a half, the total 48 and a half, now 17 and 46 and a half. So this is a game that actually stayed similar to where it was uh, at the beginning when the line actually opened. Uh, South Alabama will be without their wide receiver and running back. Eastern Michigan will be without their quarterback, guard, and offensive or outside linebacker. That's one of their good edge rushers. So, few key guys out of the, out of action there. Uh, I like South Alabama. Gave them out as a play coach also on South Alabama. So, I'll be sticking with the Jaguars here. I think they'll be very motivated. Eastern Michigan, to me, just looks like a, just a putrid team. I, I didn't see anything from them that I like. Uh, six and six on the season in, in, a, in a league that's 
a little top-heavy, if you ask me. So I'll be going with South Alabama here. I think they uh, roll it up in what is the biggest spread, I believe, in any of the bowl games right now. Keeping it moving, the SRS Distributions Las Vegas Bowl. The Utah Utes taking on the Northwestern Wildcats. This opened Utah minus 9.5 the total. 42 and a half is down to six and a half now. The total 42. So total hangs around the same. Uh, I, I gave out a play on the under in this game, uh, and I think Northwestern to be incredibly motivated. Utah, it was another season of what might have been. Uh, their quarterback is out. Uh, top two wide receivers are out. Their cornerback starting corner is out. Northwestern does lose one offensive lineman. But they come in very motivated in this game. So I like Northwestern here. Don't love them. Uh, I was... I should have bet this game back earlier. I thought maybe Utah would take money, and then as Utah guys defected, the lumber went down. I was hoping that I could get 10 eventually, but I never got better than 9.5, so it's now it's down to 6.5. If I can get it back to 7, I'll probably still take Northwestern, but I definitely like this game under uh, 42.5 is what I bet it at early. It's at 42 right now, so I'll be going under in that game. I think it's a very low-scoring game, field position, that kind of stuff, uh, and I like Northwestern to... Uh, Battle Utah, the much more talented team, but Northwestern has uh, really been motivated all season to prove people wrong, and they've had a nice year. So uh, I think they'll hang in the game. And moving along to our final game on Saturday, it'll be the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl at the Ching Complex in Honolulu. Coastal Carolina and San Jose State doing battle here. San Jose State opened 7.5 total, 55.5. That's now up to 10 in the total of 52. Coastal Carolina makes a... Just an incredible trek across the mainland United States and then out to Hawaii. It's going to be tough for them. Uh, they, they're without their top two quarterbacks, their wide receiver, their top wide receiver, their top running back, and their top linebacker. Not good. San Jose State will be without their starting tight end and one of their top linebackers. But that's nothing compared to what Coastal Carolina is enduring here. Uh, I, I originally was on San Jose State to begin with along with Coach and uh, we will be on San Jose State again because Coastal Carolina, to me, has no motivation at all. They're going out there. They live They live on the eastern shore, and it's beautiful where they are going, and it's beautiful where they come from. So I'm not sure the beach is going to be much of an exciting factor for them, seeing that their campus is right on the beach. Um, I guess Hawaii is its own thing, but I don't know the motivation for this team. They lost a lot of people. I, I don't like it here, and, and I think that San Jose State will be very excited to get in this bowl game. They have not been a program that's been very good for uh, <laughs> maybe ever, but uh, I like them here, and I think they, uh, they'll they show up and play really hard, and uh, I think they'll get the job done. Moving on to a Tuesday game, so skip Sunday, skip Monday. You have the quick lane bowl at Ford Field. In Detroit, Michigan, it'll be Bowling Green taking on Minnesota. Minnesota minus 5.5. The total, 36.5. The totals actually went up to 39.5, while the Golden Gophers are now laying just 3.5. Uh, Minnesota quarterback went in the portal, but their offense, to me, uh, really bad. Bowling Green's a team, I thought, had a pretty strong schedule for a MAC team. Uh, I like Bowling Green in the game. Coach is on Bowling Green as well, so he and I align on that one as well. So I'll be sticking with the Falcons. If I can get... Uh, you know, anything over a field goal, uh, I think it's it's worth a play here. So uh, it'll be Bowling Green for me and Bowling Green for Coach there in the Quick Lane Bowl on Tuesday afternoon. Oh, and let's recap a couple of the Bowling Green has their starting running back out and their starting corner out. Minnesota, as I mentioned, their quarterback into the portal. Just a reminder, everybody, I have this entire list of opt-outs and transfer portal guys. So you have so many things to keep track of in these bowl games. It used to be kind of easy to get info. You could kind of see who was motivated, who wasn't. 
uh, player A, B, and C aren't playing, that's easy. You know, way in advance, uh, not anymore. It's uh, it's not how they hide this stuff to the very end. Uh, keeping it on Tuesday, a 5.30 kick. It'll be the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl at Gerald Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas. It'll be the Texas State Bobcats taking on the Rice House, both teams from Texas. Texas State opened 6.5, total 60.5 on this one. Rice quarterback opts out. And currently, the line is down to five and a half. So, you only had a one-point difference there. Total has gone down just one point. Uh, Coach is on Texas State in the game. Uh, I like the game over a little bit. So, I think uh, you still get a little bit of value there in a 59 and a half. It's down just a tick. Maybe one extra point. It might make all the difference. Coach is on Texas State. And I think that might be the right side there. Um, Rice has not shown me a whole lot. But uh, you never know how teams are going to play in these these situations. It's... uh, it's tricky to try to figure out like human emotion and which teams will be motivated and which teams wouldn't be. But uh, coach on Texas State there, I will be on the over. And then the final game of the Tuesday card, it'll be the Kansas Jayhawks taking on the UNLV Rebels in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. This opened Kansas 13.5 total, 63.5. And, and now you have it 12.5 and 64.5. And so, just a slight variation there. Not a ton of movement uh, on that one here as these are all on your uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas. Uh, Rice, the uh, one thing that goes back to that game, Rice and Texas State, uh, Daniels, I can't remember his first name, J.T. Daniels or whatever, a guy that played at West Virginia and all those other schools, USC. and Anyway, he's retired from football, so he will not be playing in that game. So probably another reason to like Texas State probably in the game, and maybe my over could be in trouble there. Uh, Kansas, they got some offensive line problems here. They're starting tackle, guard, and center are not playing here, and UNLV starting two safeties are not playing here. So what that tells me is there might be some turnovers, there might be some sacks in this game. Um, man, it's tough for me to play a Kansas or UNLV game under. But I kind of lean that way just a tick, and then I probably would be on Kansas with Coach. They seem to beat up pretty badly on uh, teams that are out of uh, Power 5 conferences. So lean Jayhawks, coaches on the Jayhawks. Uh, I lean to the under, but that's very uh, – tread lightly on that one. Both these teams have a uh, propensity to play high-scoring games. Let's move it along. December 27th, we got four games. This is two days after Christmas. Virginia Tech taking on Tulane in the Go Bowling Military Bowl. In Annapolis, Maryland, it'll be the Hokies, minus 5.5, total 48.5. Uh, right now, it's up to 10. That was the opener. Yeah, right, Virginia Tech, minus 10, the total 44.5. So a four-point move on the total as well. A lot of opt-outs here for uh, Tulane as they are out without their starting wide receiver, tight end, defensive back, top two defensive linemen, and their head coach. Virginia Tech just has one guy out their tight end. Uh, big motivation game here for Virginia Tech. Their programs went downward. This is the best they've been since Frank Beamer left. Um, I expect them to give a big effort here. I am not a Virginia Tech fan at all, but I like them a lot in this game. It might be my bowl game of the year. Definitely one of my very best plays. And as I mentioned on the radio, parlay that one with the next game, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, the West Virginia Mountaineers taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Open Mountaineers minus three and a half, total 55 and a half. Now up to six and a half, total 54 and a half. Drake may not playing for North Carolina. I like the Mountaineers without that. I didn't care. 
Uh, obviously, I would have rather laid the three than the six or six and a half, which I bet earlier, so that's good for me. Uh, hopefully, you did the same. But May out, their top wide receiver walkers out, their centers out, and their linebacker, starting linebackers out. West Virginia is without their starting center, one of their defensive ends in their state in their safety. So, um, again, these games are just tough. You just don't know which guys are going to make the most impact. It's a guessing game all the way around. But I love the Mountaineers here. The Mountaineers, I found this stat today, which is really nuts to me, is the Mountaineers are always a team that seems like they, uh, they travel very well. But listen to this. The Mountaineers are now 1-8 and eight straight up and 0-9 and ATS in their last nine bowl games. I, I had no idea. Uh, they beat North Carolina in a bowl game several years ago. I remember it was like 31-30. to 30. Uh, Not that that applies here. But uh, I, I think the Mountaineers and Neil Brown get it together. I think they definitely want to stop that losing streak. I think they'll be very motivated. They've already overachieved all season. So I'll be going with the Mounties here. I, I expect a big performance, and I think they'll roll in this game. Keeping it going, DirecTV Holiday Bowl. Usually always an exciting game. I'm not sure this will turn out quite as good. Louisville and USC. This is in San Diego at Petco Park. Louisville minus 6.5, the opener, the total 57.5. And, and now you have Louisville minus 7.5 and the total 57.5. So you don't have a really huge difference there. Uh, we knew a lot of the USC guys w- were not going to play, so that kind of was baked into the number. Louisville's without their starting running back, wide receiver, and their best edge rusher, while USC is without their starting quarterback, Williams, their running back, their wide receiver, and their center. Um I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think that USC, I have no idea what what their backup quarterback is going to look like. Uh, obviously, when you're going to be the number one draft pick in the NFL draft, uh, most likely you're probably going to sit out a game that's played uh, any other day than the playoff games or New Year's Day. And even then, these guys are opting out of, of these big games. So uh, I I don't think that Louisville is very good. They ended the season on a bad note. I thought they were an embarrassment against Florida State in the game that I really liked them a lot. So I don't know what to expect out of these, either one of these teams here. I don't think I can lay six and a half or seven with Louisville. Uh, USC, to me, still probably has some athletes out there. So I'd be tempted to play them. I think you'll have some guys coming in there trying to earn a spot. So I lean USC in the game. I know I originally liked Louisville in the game, but, man, I just – I don't know. It worries me. Jarrett and Coach both on Louisville in this game, and uh, Cooley's on the under in the game. We gave those plays out on the radio, keeping it going on the 27th of December. It'll be the Tax Act Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas A&M, taking on Oklahoma State. It'll be Texas A&M opening, opening at four and a half. The total 53 and a half. Well, now it's down to two, and the total is 53. I don't even know how Texas A&M's favored in this game. Listen to this, folks. Texas A&M has 13 starters not playing in this game, including the coach. You know, most of these guys are in a transfer portal. They're not opting out uh, because they're just they hate the school. And Jimbo Fisher's gone, um, and the, the program's in disarray. Oklahoma State's top wide receiver Bray will not be in this game, but I think Mike Gundy will have his team ready to go. And uh, I I just don't think Texas A&M will have anything left to compete in this game. So. I'm leaning towards the Cowboys here in uh, maybe an under in this game. Uh, it could be just all Oklahoma State all the time in this one. Uh, and four more games to get to here. Uh, we got a big week, obviously, Thursday. So that'll be next Thursday, December the 28th. You have the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. we got a couple games here at baseball stadiums. 
Actually, there was one at Petco, so that would have been on Wednesday. But the Thursday games, you got one at Yankee Stadium. You got one at Fenway. This is first one will be the Wasabi Fenway Bowl in Boston. SMU taking on the Boston College Eagles. BC with a little home field advantage there. SMU minus 9.5 on the opener. The total, 50.5. Uh, right now, it's up to 11, and the total is 50. Um, and I don't know. I want to take Boston College in this game, but SMU is a pretty good team. So uh, there was no significant opt-outs in this game, which I find to be uh, very uh, admirable. It's the only game. Uh, I like the game over, so that's where I'm going to go with over the uh, – see, it was 50.5 is when I bet it. it's at 50 now. So I actually didn't even get the best of the number there. Maybe add a little bit more to it as we get closer to game time. But I'll be on the over. That's an 11 o'clock a.m. kick on Thursday. Next game, 215. Rutgers in Miami do battle in the Bad Boy Movers Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. This opened Miami four and a half and the total 43 and a half. It's now down to Miami minus one and the total 40 and a half and rightfully so. I was on the under here. Coach was on the under here. Um, now I'm probably not going to be able to bet an under, but Miami, I have no idea who's going to play quarterback for them. Uh, their top two quarterbacks gone. One injured, one in the portal. Uh, Miami really faltered after the non-kneel-down situation against Georgia Tech. Earlier in the season, it derailed their entire season, and they were awful. Um, I can't recommend anything too exciting here. I probably would lean Rutgers in the game. They'll probably be more motivated. Uh, and if it's very cold or it's uh, precipitation coming down, I'd probably definitely go with uh, with Rutgers in this spot. I see why people were on the under, uh, but, man, that's a really low total, and I just don't know how motivated Miami will be, so you could see some – some leak, leaky touchdowns given up. I'm keeping it moving here. The Pop-Tarts Bowl, 545 kick on Thursday the 28th. NC State taking on Kansas State. Kansas State open four and a half. The total, 48 and a half. Uh, let's see here. Kansas State now down to two and a half here. So a little move there. Two-point move down in the total, 47 and a half. So you got one-point difference in the total. Uh Quarterback is in the portal for Kansas State. Kansas State was a team when I was looking through here. Kansas State, a lot of guys out of action here. They have, uh, uh, let's see, they have eight opt-outs, including their quarterback, which is not good. But so does NC State. They have a uh, quarterback, two wide receivers, an offensive lineman, and a defensive lineman out of action. So a lot of guys missing from this contest, which uh, most of the time I would say would probably be an under uh, that's what I had circled as my original play in this game, so I'm probably going to stick with that. I think NC State's really bad anyway, and uh, Kansas State lo missing a lot of key players. So I, uh, I'm i going to stick with the under here. I think it's a good play under the uh, 48.5 or so that you can get right now. Uh, I said 47.5 is what it is right now. And going back to the Miami-Rutgers game, Rutgers had their starting corner out. Uh, UM has uh, obviously their two quarterbacks, wide receiver, their edge rusher, their linebacker, and their starting two safeties. So that's why I don't like the under. I think uh, there still could be some points in that game. And then finishing up here, NC State, K-State. I don't think either one of these teams are very good. K-State, obviously, a disappointment to their season. A lot of guys leaving. So under looks like the play there. And then the final game that we'll talk about this week, it'll be the Valera Alamo Bowl in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Arizona taking on Oklahoma. Uh, Arizona opened one, minus one in this game. The total was 64.5. It's now Arizona minus three. Total 62.5. Uh, I don't see any way you could play Oklahoma in this game. Arizona is going to be super motivated. This is a 
Biggest game they played in in a long time. Their program is back to prominence finally for the first time probably since the 90s. Uh, and they're playing really good. And I'll tell you what, if there was a 12-team playoff, I certainly wouldn't have wanted to play them this year. I have a lot of respect for them. Watched their games a couple of times. They're really good. And uh, Oklahoma, quarterback, running back, guard, offensive tackle, center. So there's your line and your quarterback all missing from this game, as well as their starting corner and their offensive coordinator is gone. Uh, I don't like what I saw at Oklahoma towards the end of the season. I think uh, Arizona will be incredibly motivated in this game and could be uh, what I would say a one of the, your better bets on the card. It'll be Arizona up to – I'd play Arizona up to even a touchdown here. I think they absolutely steamroll Oklahoma in the spot, but we shall see. Uh, it's it's tricky. So keep checking that stuff. Keep getting your information. Get on Twitter. Check out all the, all the uh, beat writers for these teams if you're interested in trying to make some cash here. Uh, we're going to take a, ba- a break here on Better's Last Stand. Episode number 66. We're going to come back, talk a little hockey, a little basketball briefly, and then uh, jump into the NFL card as we wind down. It's Better's Last Stand for the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Better's Last Stand is for entertainment purposes only, but who better to listen to than the guys here at the Pine Room? For more picks you might have missed, follow Better's Last Stand and all of Matt's picks on X, formerly Twitter, at BLS underscore PRP. Because just like General Custer, we're in Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand, show number 66, coming to you a couple days before Christmas. Want to wish everybody out there. Happy and safe holiday season. Uh, enjoy your Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you're getting ready to spend some time with family and friends. Have a few drinks. Uh, have a few laughs. That's what it's all about. Holidays uh, obviously tough for some people. Uh, other people try to make the best of it and uh, you know bring some smiles to people's faces out there. So um, best wishes to everybody. Hope everybody has a safe, happy, and prosperous Christmas break. Uh, get some time away from work and uh, leading yourself up to. New Year's next week. Uh, we'll be uh, off on Tuesday, obviously off Monday from the radio, off Tuesday as well on the 26th. So we'll be enjoying some bowl games and some relaxation there. We'll be back at it a week from Friday. But don't forget our Christmas show on this Friday. That'll be right here on the Watchdog, uh, right across the hallway here, actually, in the Watchdog studio, 12 to 5. Listen to the Pine Room Boys. Bring in the Christmas spirit all day long from 12 to 5. So, we uh, would love to have you uh, give us a call or uh, shoot us a text on the text line throughout the uh, the show on Friday. It should be a very good time. And again, thanks to our friends at The Watchdog and our friends at IC Cab who sponsor this show and several of our other segments on our other shows. Uh, appreciate everything they have done for us. Uh, IC Cab who serves the needs of all the Ohio Valley and the surrounding areas for anything transportation related. Courier services, uh, just incredible stuff that they offer you on a daily basis. 304-232-1313 or download the ICCAB app. ICCAB always working, and they they definitely are truly always working. There's ICCABs out everywhere throughout Wheeling and the surrounding areas. All right, let's jump back in here. A couple of things. Uh, industry news here. This was interesting to me. Colorado reported $11.2 million bet on table tennis in October. So table tennis holding strong out there in Colorado. Uh, got huge during COVID as uh, 
kept on, I guess, uh, to say uh, Liverpool just scores their fifth goal here in a League Cup uh, against West Ham. So that looks like they're moving on. But Colorado 11.2 in table tennis bets in October. That's crazy. $2.2 billion wagered in New York during November, followed by $1.62 billion across the river in New Jersey in the third place state, $934 million in Pennsylvania. So betting numbers continue to rise. Very curious of what Florida's first month, a full month, is going to look like, which I believe will probably end up being January. I think they started the brick-and-mortar back in the fall, and then they went mobile earlier this month, but I don't think it would be early enough to record a full month's earnings. So going to be incredible how uh, – how many people are going to be betting down there? I imagine it's going to be, you're going to have some very, very high-end bets, which you've already seen coming in. So keep an eye on that. It's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, hockey stuff, go through this every week just to run down these first periods, yes and no's and all that sort of stuff. Uh, still great value on these things. If you can find them, parlay them, make uh, whatever bet you want to do. A lot of times they're correlated. If there's books out there that will let you do goal in the first 10 and over in the period, those things that really match up a lot, as you'll hear in a second. Uh, goal in the first period, yes, here. 23-7 uh, and seven for the Minnesota Wild, 23-8 and eight for the St. Louis Blues, 23-9 and nine for the Chicago Blackhawks, and 24-9 and nine for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So those are all the teams that are hitting at a very high rate of over one and a half goals in the first period. Here's the numbers over the last 10. The Blues, 9 and 1 first periods over in their last 10. Chicago 8 and 2, Tampa 8 and 2 and Dallas. You can't believe this. 10 and 0. Their last 10 games have went over in the first period and that is very surprising because Dallas is a very defensively responsible team with a pretty strong goaltender. Uh just tells you that they get out to a good start and then kind of put the clamps down. Goal in the first 10, no. Uh, numbers aren't super strong on this, but a couple of angles uh, stick out to me. Winnipeg and, and Boston, both 19 and 11. So there was 19 no's that they hit um, that they would have hit under one and a half goals. So uh, that's that's basically you're getting one goal or less a period 19 times out of 30 for those two teams, Winnipeg and Boston. But Boston, 9 and 1 no in the last 10. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive there. As you can tell, their goaltending and defensive back line have lined up pretty well here after a lot of changeover in the offseason for the Bruins. So 9-1 in the last 10 for them, no. 10-0 and for Dallas, yes, in the first 10. First periods, uh, actually, I was saying over and unders on those. I apologize for that. That was a total oversight by me. Those were goals in the first 10 minutes and no goals in the first 10 minutes. So Dallas, goal in the first 10 minutes is yes, 10-0. and Boston, 9-1, and no on those. So those were 10-minute numbers. First period overs and unders are coming right now. Chicago, 22-9, first period over. So that's over 1.5. Edmonton, 29 over 1.5. Nashville, 22-10 and over 1.5. In the last 10, Dallas, here's that correlation. 10 and 0 they were to goal yes in the first 10 minutes they're also 10 and 0 to the first period over so I was right I guess even though I wasn't uh, I was looking in the wrong spot 10 and 0 Dallas the last two either way you look at it last 10 games 10 and 0 yes goal in the first 10 and goals over one and a half for the period so pretty impressive the Blues also on a hot run here eight in two in the last 10 first period overs the unders look like this Vegas 19 and 14 to the under Montreal 16 and 14 to the under uh, and they're seven and two in their last 10 to the under so some strong trends there in the NHL uh, I haven't talked a ton about the NHL which is kind of dis disappointing to me but few teams that I got my eye on right now, I still think the L.A. Kings are a pretty good team in the Western Conference. They're going to be a team I'm going to be backing to uh, 
to win their division and to win the Western Conference. I think the Kings uh, to win the Pacific are going to be lively. I mean, Vegas is really good, but uh, I like what I'm seeing out of the Kings. I think they're going to be very strong. I would be fading all the Canadian teams. They are just not going to get it done, none of them. They're all pretenders. They're just not going to. They're not going to get it done. And uh, right now you can get Colorado Avalanche plus 165 to win the Central Division. Uh, they're going to chase down Dallas, but I think that's very doable. Uh, looking out east a little bit, Rangers playing great right now. Hurricanes not quite as good as they have been. Uh, I think they're starting to hit a wall a little bit. The Devils, uh, a team that I think once they're totally healthy, they acquire a goalie at the deadline and they're not too far out of it, I think will be pretty lively. But the Eastern Conference to me is uh, – it's quite tricky. I just I don't know. Boston failed out of the playoffs in the first round last year after a uh, you know record breaking season. So still a little early for hockey, but it, the Kings are a team that I would keep an eye on in the Western Conference. And then out east, uh, I think that the, the if the Devils acquire some goaltending, uh, I think that they're going to be a player here. And I think Tampa Bay. Um, Vasilevsky's coming back now. I think they may make a couple of moves at the deadline as well. So I think they could be, uh, although they've played a ton of hockey in recent years, they may be uh, just, you know, hitting a wall that they cannot overcome. So that that's definitely a, a possibility. Uh, college basketball, uh, you got more upsets. UCLA goes down last night, a huge favorite to CSUN. Uh, that's Cal State Northridge. Um, you, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago some of the teams that to, to watch and and. But this is just a seesaw. You got Purdue. You got Arizona right now out of the top caliber teams. I think they're the best, Arizona and Kentucky. But, I mean, UConn is really good. But I think the Big East has a lot of pretenders there. Creighton, Marquette, just not going to be consistent enough for me. I think Houston is very good. So, right now, I'd say if I had to power rate teams right now, I would power rate Arizona number one, UConn number two, Kentucky number three, and Houston number four, probably Kansas number five. And then, to me, there's a big drop-off to where you get down into some of these other teams. Um, I like Arkansas from a, a, an underdog perspective. Uh, I like Ole Miss from an underdog perspective. Um, those were a couple of teams that I said to keep an eye on earlier. Oklahoma in a big game tonight against North Carolina. Oklahoma's well coached. Uh, I think their program's improving, but not certain they're ready to take that leap yet. But we'll talk plenty more college basketball as we get uh, you know through the football season. So we look forward to that. NBA-wise, T-Wolves. Best record in the league right now. I wouldn't expect that. 20-5, and five, and the Pistons have now lost 24 in a row. And this is a staggering statistic. If you started out by betting $100 on the money line against the Pistons for the last 24 games, you would be up, and you rolled it over. So if you bet 100 and you win two, you get back to 200. You win The 100 you won plus the 100 you put in, and then next game you bet 200 on the money line. You win that one. Then you go to 400 and on and on and on, whatever your money line value would have bet on the games. A lot of times you're going to be giving up uh, major minus prices here, so you're only really winning back $100 uh, in all these scenarios. So, But anyway, if you did that for 24 straight games, the rollover method, you would be up $133,000. <laughs> Only it was if only of you would have known that already, huh? The Pistons would be that bad. So uh NBA's not anything we're gonna waste our time on. It's time to get to everybody's favorite, the National Football League. Week number sixteen. Hard to imagine. We got games uh showing up on Saturdays now. We got Christmas Day games, so a big week here. Uh Rams Saints Thursday, that was last night. Probably would lean under in the Rams in that one. Uh, getting right to it, Steelers back in action on Saturday. Take on the Bengals, 4:30 kick. It'll be Cincinnati minus two. The total 37. To me, the Bengals. I'm, I know they played very well lately, but you got to think about who they played. 
and what kind of situations they've been in. Yes, Browning has played better. He's rejuvenated the team, and I would make the argument that they're far better with him than than Burrow. Uh, I know people would say I'm insane for that, but uh, just not a Joe Burrow guy. I feel like uh, Browning has made the team play a little bit more loose, and they uh, and it shows. So uh, while I think Cincinnati has improved, and I'll give them credit for that, I, I think the Steelers win this game. I, I just... I know everybody thinks it's over for them. I do too, but I think they, you know, losing four in a row to all just okay teams. I mean, maybe Indy's a little above okay. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Steelers' pass rush is going to be a lot for Browning to be able to handle here. I, I think the Steelers, uh, Steelers get back in the win column here. I like them on the money line. I like them to win the game outright, and I would lean towards the under in the in that game. The Bengal game last week against the Vikings should have went under. Uh, poor coaching. Poor decision-making by the Vikings at the end. Let Cincinnati get back into that, and then eventually ends up Cincinnati and over. That was a dead Viking and under game. With about midway through the fourth quarter, it was an easy, almost a cigar smoker for the Vikings and under, and then everything went sideways. Second game on Saturday. This is Christmas Eve Eve. It'll be Buffalo taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Buffalo minus 12, total 44. Buffalo red hot right now. Chargers a mess. Fired the coach. Fired the GM. Quarterback out for the season. Uh, Bills Mafia is going to take over that stadium. There won't be any Charger fans there. Um, most likely the Bills cover this number. I can't lay 12 in an NFL game, though. Too many things can go wrong. Um, I do like the over a little bit here. I can see the Bills win in this game, something around 41-10 to 10 or something along those lines. So I lean the over a little bit there. Uh, Bills, obviously, I think will win the game for sure, and they're playing hot in a must-win situation for them. Going into Sunday, these are 1 o'clock kicks. Indy in Atlanta. Indy minus 1 on the road. Total 44.5. Colts off a nice win against the Steelers. Falcons making another quarterback change. Desmond Ritter, which if you listen to me, which I'm not saying is always a good idea, but in in this case I was right. Ritter, uh, just he can't play. So I knew that beginning of the season. That was one of the bets that I had of Falcons to miss the playoffs and be under their win total. So those were uh, good future bets for me. The total, 44.5. I do like the game under a little bit here. I know the Colts have been playing some high-scoring games, but Taylor Heineke's not going to solve any of the Falcons' defensive struggles, and Atlanta does have a pretty good secondary. So uh, I like the uh, Falcons to keep it close in the game. I think Indy maybe figures out a way to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta won. But I do like the under in that one. Also, 1 o'clock game, Green Bay at Carolina. Green Bay minus 5, total 36.5. To me, this is uh, a classic... A bad spot, good spot. Green Bay off a horrible performance at home, losing to Tampa Bay. Uh, just They were never really in the game. Tampa just beat them every which way. And then you got Carolina, who played Atlanta last week. They were in a situation where neither team was going to do a whole lot. Uh, they just capitalized off of one more mistake that the Falcons made. So a pretty big high for them winning their second game of the season. So most likely... They're probably not going to duplicate that performance, but I'm not really sure that performance was that good. And Green Bay, to me, has been a fraud all season. I gave him credit a few weeks ago. Thought Jordan Love had turned the corner. I was wrong. He stinks just like I thought he sucked at the beginning of the year. He's not a player. He's he's probably an NFL quarterback, just a borderline guy, though. Um, probably a backup or one of those journeyman-type starters that's just going to get one-year deals for the rest of his life. Not a bad gig, but he'll never sustain, I don't think. I just don't see it. Um, it just... Too many, too many regressions, even maybe you think he turned a quarter. I like the under in the game. I think this is a dead under. Both these teams uh, will struggle to score. 
I think Carolina uh, plays them tough. I wouldn't surprise me if Carolina won this game. I don't see how Green Bay should be laying five against anybody in the, in the pro in the pro game. I just I can't I can't I can't get over that number. I know Carolina stinks, but Green Bay is not that much better than them. And uh, the fact that you would say if this game was at Lambeau Field, that you think this game was going to be at least an eight point spread, that's that's just ludicrous to me. So uh, I'll be leaning towards Carolina in the game, but I will like the under the best on that one. Uh, Cleveland in Houston, one o'clock kick as well. Cleveland minus two and a half, total 40. Um, it looks like Stroud is out again. Uh, so the Browns maybe get a couple linemen back. The Browns had a uh, gutty performance last week against the Bears. They did not play well, but they got the job done nonetheless. Uh, lean Cleveland here, but I like the under in the game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Browns defense will be anxious to see how they play on the road, but you're getting uh, backup quarterbacks in Houston. In Houston, I tell you, i got to give them a lot of credit. That was a game last week. They probably shouldn't have won against Tennessee, but they pulled it out. They're very well coached, and their, t- their team plays really hard. So I think this will be a really close game, so I like it to be close and low-scoring under the 40s where I'm going there also at one Seattle and Tennessee Seattle on the road two and a half point favorite on the road total 41 and a half I like the Titans quite a bit in this spot uh Seattle off a really big win uh they need the game here Tennessee is just every time I think Tennessee's dead and buried last week it was like I thought you just put an extra layer of dirt over them um Vrabel finds a way uh this may be the end of them I think Vrabel and Tomlin if they both were to lose this weekend will probably be gone from their two spots whether it's forced or they just realize their time is up, which is what the sensible guy would do. Um, I like Tennessee, though, in this spot. I think they come to play here. If I can get a field goal here, I'm definitely taking it. Seattle needs the game, but I just don't see them playing as well as they did two weeks in a row. Washington and New York, the Jets, that is. The Jets minus three, total 37.5. Yes, I said the Jets are actually favored in a football game. I cannot believe this number. I'll be on the Commanders here. The Commanders, to me, have far less deficiencies than the Jets. Uh, now, the Commanders are sloppy. Uh, they turn it over a lot, but they can score. They can move the ball a little bit, and they can give up a lot of points. So, uh, maybe over in the game, but I do like Washington catching a field goal. I just can't believe the Jets can be favored against anybody. That should be a pick em. at minimum. Detroit at Minnesota, the final 1 o'clock game on Sunday. It'll be Detroit on the road, minus 3 to total 47. Boy, I really wanted to pick Minnesota in the spot, but the more I was going down uh, the team and who they have available at this point, I'm not sure that Minnesota hasn't hit a complete wall here. Um, Detroit played very well last week. They did anything they wanted against Denver. Uh, which I wasn't surprised about. But Detroit, their consistency is always an issue. So I'm going to lean Minnesota in the spot, but I don't highly recommend that play because if Detroit plays their best and Minnesota plays their best, it's going to be Minnesota getting crushed. I do like the under a little bit in the game, division game. I think it'll be played pretty tight. These team teams know each other, and I think it'll be a little lower scoring than their two games last week. Jacksonville at Tampa, the first 4 o'clock hour game. It'll be Tampa minus one, total 43. Looks like Lawrence could be out there. Uh, Tampa's favorite in the game, which is just seems off to me. I think Jacksonville's due for a bounce back. So if Lawrence plays, I'll be on the Jags, maybe lean towards the under in that one, although out-of-division games and unders don't really sit very well sometimes. Dallas and Miami, big showdown, 425 on Fox. It'll be Miami minus 1.5, total 51. Tyreek Hill questionable in the game. Dallas was exactly what we thought they were. They can't win on the road. They were an embarrassment. They said all their guys had the flu and they're going to get the excuses going, but I never really heard that before the game. Uh, it was only after when you get beat. Uh, but, you know, Dallas is exactly what I knew they were. They're not going to ever be tough enough to win a road game. And Miami is the exact same thing. They're not going to be able to beat anybody good on the road. I, I know that Dallas beat the Eagles, but the Eagles are floundering, and it wasn't at Dallas. 
So, again, neither one of these teams have proven anything to me uh, at all. Uh, they're both basically the AFC and NFC version of each other. Soft, very talented on offense, and when they're playing at home and things are going well, they're going to look very pretty. So uh, I think the over is the play here. I think the, both these teams will go up the field on each other. Uh, neither defense in, intrigues me at all. Uh, I just don't I don't know if Michael Parsons isn't making plays. I just think Dallas's defense is very dressed up. Um, Miami's defense might actually be a little bit better than Dallas, but they're pass rush now. they got some guys out. Uh, I don't know if they can recover from that. So I like the over in the game. Lean Dolphins only because they're at home, though. Strictly because they're at home. Because if this was in Dallas, I would love Dallas, and I love the over either way. Arizona and Chicago, 425 kick. Chicago, this is just laughable. Chicago Bears are minus 4.5, total 44.5. This is just flat-out not right. Uh, I know Arizona stinks, but I have far more faith in Kyler Murray than I do in Justin Fields. Justin Fields cannot play. Look up his record. It's like eight and thirty or eight and twenty-six or something along those lines. He's he's awful. Kyler Murray, to me, I'm not a Kyler Murray fan at all, but I've been impressed with the way he's played so far this year. His team's really bad. He doesn't have a whole lot of resources, but he runs around, he makes plays, and uh, you know, if he's able to be protected, uh, I I think they can hang in this game. I know their defense stinks, but the Bears are a one read passing offense. It's DJ Moore, throw it up to him or Fields eats it and gets sacked or turns it over. Uh, I have no faith that the Bears uh, should be four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. It's just outrageous to me. Uh, to me, this game should be around a pick em or maybe Bears minus one since they're at home. But uh, I like Arizona in the game. I think they'll uh, have a very good chance to win. And then the nightcap, New England and Denver. This is on Christmas Eve. 8-15 kick. It'll be Denver minus six-and-a-half, total 34-and-a-half. Now, I gave Denver a lot of credit. They bounced back. They righted the ship. They didn't embarrass themselves as they did early in the season. So I give Peyton and Russell Wilson a tad bit of credit there. But last week showed what they really are. They get beat by a Lions team who's not very tough. And uh, that, to me, says you're not very tough. So uh, I don't like Denver here. I know New England is so, 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 so bad. Uh, and, and it's hard for me to ever recommend a play. But if I'm going to touchdown, I'll take the better coach. Um despite not looking like the better coach this year. Uh, and I like the under 34.5. I just think any New England game has got to be bet under. I just don't see how you could go any any other way than that. And then three, you got a triple header on Christmas. Started off at 1 o'clock. Las Vegas and Kansas City. It'll be the Chiefs minus 10, total 41.5. And, and the best thing about this triple header is we don't have to watch the NBA, or at least I don't. There's uh, five games on Christmas there. I may have a player too, so check out our Twitter BLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios on social media. May have a couple, get a little advice from some of the NBA gurus that I talk to, but uh, I'll be happy that I never really thought I would want to watch an NFL game, but I would rather watch it than, than the NBA. So anyway, back to the games. Chiefs minus 10, total 41 and a half. Like the under here, these division games tend to play pretty tight. Uh, Raiders will play very motivated in this game. 10 is way too many points. Antonio Pierce has done a really good job here. I would lean Raiders in this game as far as the cover. I think this is a one-score game or less. Chiefs, I think, get it done, but it's going to be tight, and I like the under a lot because I tell you, the Raiders have played a very, very good defensively with Antonio Pierce as the coach. Got to give him a lot of respect, and I think they should maintain him as the coach. Uh, second game, the sandwich game, 430 kick. It'll be the Eagles minus 10.5, total 43.5. Oh, the Giants, I just, I, I don't know. I want to take the points here, but, man, Philly plays so much better at home, so I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, I think maybe the Giants can muster up a couple of scores against this really rough Philly defense right now. 
So maybe the over here is where I'm looking. Forty three and a half. Uh, Devito, he's he's back basically back to what he is is not very good. And uh, if he can make a few plays here, maybe score twice, then I think this game goes over. Uh, Philadelphia is reeling right now. They really need a convincing win. So I'll look for the Eagles to win this game somewhere around thirty eight to ten or so. So we'll go over there. Small, small lean to the Eagles, but I just don't like the lean ten and a half. Uh, or to lay 10 and a half. Baltimore and San Francisco, game of the year here on Christmas night, 8-15 kick. San Francisco minus 5.5, total 46.5. Probably a few too many points here, but I can't really argue with it. San Francisco is uh, far and away the best team in the league when healthy. Uh, I don't think there's any disputing that. The only thing I think that could keep the Ravens in this game and why I think the Ravens maybe could be tricky for them is... Um, the Ravens are very good against quick throw teams, and they're very good uh, pass rushers. And they, not necessarily your regular type pass rushers. Uh, they they do a lot of different blitzes. They send a lot of different guys at different times. The 49er line, other than Trent Williams, is a little bit vulnerable to me, in my opinion. Uh, so I think maybe the Ravens could cause a few problems for them up front. I think the Ravens could jump some passing lanes. Um, I think they'll be one of the few teams that can physically match up a little bit around the line of scrimmage with Debo Samuel, which is almost an impossible thing to do. But it would not surprise me if the 49ers win this game easily, but it also wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens go in there and beat them. I think right now it's hard to say these aren't the two best teams. Um, I think the Ravens will be able to keep this close. Uh, I lean to the under here. I think points will be tough. I think both defenses will be very physical here, and I think both teams will not want to make mistakes. Um, but... Uh, we'll see. It should be a wonderful game. So I'm leaning under, and I would probably lean, if this thing ends up going up to like six or so, I think you have to take the Ravens uh, just on principle. But, hey, San Francisco, best team going right now, and I uh, can't take anything away from them. The Ravens have been winning games, but they're not playing very well. So, But that's also the good uh, sign of a good team. All right, that does it for the NFL card. Uh, a couple of other things to mention here. Monday Night Football, dogs now 7-0 straight up in the last seven. And uh, obviously 7-0 ATS in their last, since week 10. So that's pretty incredible. Uh, Jets officially eliminated from the playoffs, of course. And they were the biggest liability of, to most sports books this year. So a good day for the sports books. Brock Purdy, he's, uh, right now a stranglehold on the MVP is uh, quite significant after Dax Prescott's uh, latest uh, debacle in Buffalo. Purdy looking pretty strong there. Hard to say that he would be the MVP of that of his own team, actually. Uh, got nothing against the guy. I think he's uh, better than people are giving him credit for. But probably McCaffrey, the MVP there. Hard to find anybody that does what he does. Um, but can't go wrong with either one of those guys. Uh, I also think Tyreek Hill is the only other guy in the mix right now. Uh, you take him off the Dolphins, they're just very average. Uh, NFL best against the spread right now. You got Tampa, Indy, Miami, Dallas, Detroit, Baltimore, all 9-5 against the spread. So uh, kind of widespread there. And then the teams that are getting bet. This right here tells me that I'm on to something with Green Bay. 89% of the public tickets right now are on the Packers minus 5. To me, that's that's a red red flag. Stay away from that game. If you if you like Green Bay, I'd recommend just not betting it. And, and don't you don't have to listen to me. But if you really like Green Bay, just remember you got eighty nine percent. So you, oh, nine out of ten people are telling you Green Bay is going to cover that. That to me is not something I want to be a part of. Eighty three percent on the Rams and eighty two percent on Cincinnati. So the Ram game is a Thursday night game. So didn't talk a ton about that. 
Uh, that that would concern me a little bit. And then Cincinnati, I'm on the other side of that one as well with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, uh, it's pro football. Teams don't lose four very often who are, you know, anything other than the very, very, very worst team. So don't see that happening to the Steelers. I don't think they're that, that bad. Uh, all right, clinched season win total teams, Baltimore, San Francisco, Miami, Detroit, Indianapolis, the Rams, Tampa, and Houston. We had several of those in our uh, season-long bets, so we're happy to cash a few. in the under, Cincinnati, that was a winner for me. The Chargers, the Jets, the Giants, Carolina, and New England. I was wrong on New England. I did have them over, so a bad one there. So, uh, And then Circus Survivor, if you're not familiar with that, check it out. Circus Sports, best book in the world right now. Uh, they're down to 10 entrants in their $9.26 million uh, pool. Ten people left in Survivor pool. You, pick, you obviously use the team once. And uh, there's wrinkles in that one that they don't have in other ones where you got Thanksgiving and Christmas as their own week. So this week, uh, double week for those people. So best of luck to all of them. Can't imagine the stress of uh, of that right there. If you're down to final 10 worth $9.26 million, uh, but you better do some hedging. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. It could be very, very, very upsetting if you're not able to at least lock in a profit if you're one of the 10 best out of the thousands and thousands and thousands that participated in that contest. Uh the other bad beat that I wanted to mention, I talked about the two bowl games, the Marshall game with the weird spread move, and then Marshall falls apart in the second half, and then the ODU debacle. There was a basketball game the other night, North Dakota and Utah Tech. You could have given up, you could have given up eight points in the last forty seconds, and uh, it, and, it, and it went nine points. So terrible beats. If you looked at it, there was a technical foul in there. There it was just a lot of horrible things at the end of that game. Basketball gives you horrible beats every night, kind of like baseball. So. Uh, best of luck to you. Uh, <laughs> we'll be praying for you over a Christmas holiday that, that things uh, turn your way, at least go your way for uh, a day or two uh, over the holidays. And maybe you can lock in a profit. We hopefully uh, can help you do that here on Better's Last Stand. We're going to take a break. Going to uh, have Sam back on the show. Not a lot of racing to talk about, but we talk about some other things. Andrew McCutcheon back with the Pirates. Oh, boy. So uh, the Pirates continue their Ponzi scheme and trying to fool people into thinking that they're trying to contend, which they're not. They're just trying to make you think they're going to contend so you waste your money on tickets. Uh, don't do it. Uh, don't give in. The Pirates are frauds, and they are always going to be as long as nothing is running the show. But we'll get Sam's thoughts on that, some of the other things. Sam actually had... Uh, he had a winner on our uh, last week. I actually didn't write it down on here, but he did have a, a Laporta touchdown. That was one that he gave out last week. Pretty good one there. He scored three times, so hopefully you rolled that over for two or three. That would have been a good one. Uh, but, yeah, talk to him about uh, all things sports-related and anything else that's on his mind this week. Uh, we'll take a quick break here and be back with Sammy. It's Better's Last Stand for the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand here from the Pine Room Studios. Bringing in on, uh, right, coming down the last couple days until Christmas. Joined by Sammy, the man, 
at Upper St. Clair. Sam, welcome back as always. Uh, you got your Christmas shopping done? Christmas shopping's done. The Pirates are making moves. <laughs> yeah. It's December. It's sad. Yeah, that's a great present under the tree. I told Jarrett, hey, you get up, you get – it's like – it's like your mom gave you the same present over and over and over again with Andrew McCutcheon. I know. It's like, I know. Oh, this again? He te- like he had socks just texted again? Me, he had texted me on the way here or on my way home. He said, let's let's make Dylan cease a bucko. I said, just don't get too worked up on that. That's an impossibility. Yeah, you know, Sam, it's like it's the Pirates are just – they're basically like running a, a scheme, a Ponzi scheme here. They're trying to make people think they're trying to win. Um, I mean, I like Martin Perez. I think he's a solid pitcher, and uh, but he they strictly got him to be able to move him at the deadline. There's just no two ways about it. I know. That's all I see is this. Whereas he's not going to be here at the end of the season. No. So, no, I love it. I love it. I just don't. I just don't ever see them doing anything that's other than we what we already know. They're going to take. They're going to get guys who are past their prime or, or uh, number five starters in a rotation to try to make them a number two. Um, and then obviously, we talked about last week um, with the situation with losing the, the catcher. And now uh, Davis will have to go back to catch now, but he missed an entire year of development behind the plate. So that sets you back. It's Every move they make is wrong. I know. And it's like they make them and they end up in the same spot. They just yeah. do this crazy circle right back in the beginning. Exactly. And people keep falling for it. I mean, not. I mean, most of us are wise and wise to it now. But I just, I just don't know what what makes this year any different. Uh, and then, of course, Kutch has to come out and say, like, "Oh yeah, I expect to win now." Like, well, first of all, dude, you don't have many more years left to be on a team anyway. So, uh, yeah, I would want to win now too. But I don't know what you're doing coming back to Pittsburgh. It's Matt. It's it's the typical. They need the headline in the Post Gazette that says the veteran club. You know the veteran voice in the clubhouse that they have this person. The you know he's the rock in that clubhouse. Yeah, Gosh, I don't know. We were reading through the lineup the other day on the radio, and it's like okay, first three hitters, it's okay, and then it just then you get to Swinsky, and it's like oh boy, and then Telez, and then if you got Kutch DHing with his like hitting two forty. With no power, I I don't know. I I just I, it's just it's really disappointing for people. Um, yeah. But hey, you know maybe they'll get Cease and Cody Bellinger by the end of the week. Yeah. Well, Bellinger wants two hundred million. Yeah, so if we I can know. if we can find <laughs> that for him. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen with the Pirates. You could give him a twenty-year deal, and he'd be lucky to hit two hundred million with them. So. Uh, any other things in baseball standing out to you? Uh, it really hasn't been a whole lot since the Otani. No, not a whole lot. You know, I thought the Glassnow deal was good, but I, I don't know. Glassnow doesn't strike me as like that number two, number one. I can count on him to win this game. Yeah, I agree. Type of guy. He's got, he's got number two, number one type stuff, but he's never proved that he's a guy that can go deep into a game, and he hasn't stayed healthy. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what the option is. I mean, he he's probably all right if you're going to – he's almost like an opener, like a glorified opener in a way. He's, he's good. But, yeah, I just don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, I, I see why the Dodgers needed to do it. They needed to get some, some live arms. But, yeah, they're, they're still – they still need need some, some extra pieces if they're going to be able to win in October. Yeah, and, and it's honestly – it's just chalking up Matt to be the same thing it is the last couple of years. You got these six six to eight big money market teams. Right. They spend the money, we get the rest. You know, it's fuck. Yeah, it is. And you have to figure, you know, Texas 
Texas will be in a good spot. I mean, they're they're one of the teams that actually was was willing to spend, and they didn't have a lot of the parts that they had bought. So they're they're going to be obviously maybe even better than they were last year. And uh, you know, I expect the Cardinals to be better um, in in the National League, and then obviously the Phillies and Braves aren't going anywhere. So the Mets are going to be trying to get back into it. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Uh, it's hundred day about a hundred days out from spring training. I know. So, I'll be fired up though. I'm an idiot. I'll be I know. fired I up. I mean, I will. I'll get excited too about. Ba- I'll be more excited about the Orioles, obviously, than the. Than the hey, Pirates. open opening day is a Friday. Bucks, yeah. Bucks, no, Orioles. No, we might, we might have to do that. Let's hope it's not like uh, wintry conditions at that time of the year, but we shall see. All right. Uh, good, good call last week on Sam Laporta. He gets it. He scores three times. Jeez, how about know, that? Got, if you had that one. Yeah. He's, he's good. Uh, he's really good, by the way. Yeah, he's really, really good, man. Yeah, Lions looked really strong last week. Um, anything uh, interests you in uh, pro or the bowl games? Uh, Marshall with a nice performance last night. Yeah, the herd. Blew a big How about lead. That? Uh, anything in the pros that, that you like for the Christmas weekend? Yeah, let's start. We'll start with the anytime touchdowns. There's a, Actually, I was just writing down another one I just saw. So first, we'll start off with Tyler Higby. He's a plus 300. Like it. To score against the Chargers. The Chargers stink. Yep, they do. And we got two people on the same team here. We got Gabe Davis is a plus 270. And, yeah. and Dawson Knox is a plus 430. Oh, yeah. And then, Matt, I'm going to the well like I always do. <laughs> Alec Pierce. All right. Hey, he should have had one the other day. Should have. He had he a should've. slant. It was a, it was a bad throw. He actually, I, I was ready to count that one as a winner. He's plus 310. If I can get Pierce in the twos or the threes, uh, yeah. every day I'll take that. He's a red zone target. I mean, he's got a, I mean, Minshew's just so inaccurate sometimes. I know. I know. But Minshew's now my only thing in my head. It's like if Pierce scores, it's because Minshew's just a wild man. He's just slinging it around. He is. He's a slinger. Then, All right. Higby, Davis, well, Knox, and Pierce. There's one, one more now. Right. He's been underrated, and I think he is going to – I hope he breaks out, man, because he should be good as Jamison Williams. Yeah, I like him. He is too. plus three eighty against Minnesota. I just think they haven't been able to find him. He's Yeah. Well, he was hurt, wasn't he? Yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt at the beginning of the season. Then he got suspended for the gambling for a couple games. Yeah, yeah, you know. So. Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> but no, that guy's a playmaker and I, I think the Lions, in my opinion, they need to try to get him involved in these last few games because if they're gonna be in the playoffs, they need to have another threat out there. Because they right now, the way they played last week. They utilized all their weapons. They had both their running backs going. They had their tight end, their top wide out. They just need another complimentary wide receiver. And uh, if their defense can get any stops and their offensive line protect golf, you never know, right? I yeah. Mean, they, they're trending upward. Uh, they they went, went through a little bit of a lull, but they, they had a winnable game this week against uh, Minnesota, who's kind of in trouble. Uh, all right, so let's. Uh, those are good. Those are five good anytime touchdowns, ones that we'll uh, post on social and um, we'll be – Hoping for a few winners there. Uh, all right, so let's get to the Steelers now. Oh, yeah. The disaster continues. Um, I'll, however, I like them a lot this week against the Bengals. I, I think I think for the Steelers to lose four in a row, like literally the world would stop. Because it just they're not bad enough they should lose four in a row. No, they're not. But it's just like there's just this weird aura that you, you know – if you listen to the sports radio around here and you get the vibe of the fans, like everybody is just kind of like looking at each other, like, dude, this, like, it just feels weird. It's almost unexplainable, Matt. Like nobody, nobody has anything positive to say about the Steelers, like at all. And it's, 
I, it's so foreign to us. Yeah. I love it. I love the drama. I'm a, yeah. you know, I'm a pirate fan. I'm I'm used to this shit. Yes. This is every day. Yeah. And it's like, dude, the the colors, the true colors of fans are coming out, and and it's. Oh. Oh yeah. His shock, to be honest. They don't know who to blame next. They everybody thought Matt Canada would solve everything being gone. They've actually been worse without him. How That's about that? Possible. It's exactly what they didn't want. And Tomlin probably needs a change of scenery. He he's probably you know ran his course there. Uh, there's infighting on the team. Obviously, Pickens and Johnson are idiots. Uh, not a whole lot of leadership on the team right now, but. I'm expecting a decent performance out of them. I, I think Cincinnati. Cincinnati's obviously played pretty well with Browning, but they've been very fortunate to the teams that they've been playing. Uh, have, have made a lot of mistakes, like Minnesota last week. They were dead and buried in that game, and then Minnesota gives them life. Uh, Steelers took care of Browning the first time. I know it was his first start. Um, so I'm like them here, just a, a little bit of a lean towards them in this game. I think they'll they'll have a good chance to win. Um any any other thoughts on on any of the games on the card? Not not in particular. It's just the Steelers. Like, you know, it's been bad the radio these last couple of weeks since they have been losing. If they lose this one, Matt. Oh yeah. It is a must listen if you if you're if Sky's it's falling. Possible. Yeah, I'll have Super Genius on on Monday for sure. If they well, actually, he won't be on Monday. It'll be Christmas, so I have to do the day after. Yeah, I, I owe my guy uh, ESPN's Bill Barnwell an apology. He seems to be very correct in his Kenny Pickett assessment. Yeah, yeah, I think he might be. Uh, all right, so how about the two feature games this week? Dallas, Miami. Who you got in that one? Dallas. I don't trust McDaniel. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of points in that game. And then uh, how about the the showdown on Christmas night? Ravens and Forty Niners. Niners. Yeah. Niners, Niners are gonna be sick. hard to beat right now. They're if they sick. stay healthy. That's for sure. Like, Purdy just has to play okay, and they, yeah. they should. Yep. All right. Uh, so, you said you had some thoughts or some notes on racing. Anything that, that struck you this week that you you want to share with the listeners? Anything that's it, excited you? It's just shocking how many people are actually moved around. Like, when I saw the list of just the rookies that, like, you know, didn't do, like, random cup races here and there that are in, it's right. incredible. But, like, just the, the teams – that are shifting around and like track houses. I saw an article today that they're trying to raise more funds because they're trying to expand more. So, so like they're in the moto, like, like a third car, like a full circuit third car, full schedule. yeah, and like that. And then and they're dipping their toes into Moto GP too. Oh, wow. So they're trying to. I don't know. It's just exciting. It's NASCAR seems like with this new TV rights deal. I mean, it's billions of dollars every year. Yeah. You would think the team should have access to more money. Therefore, the sport should grow. Just I love it, man. Yeah, so well, many different. Let's hope for let's hope for that growth. I think they've been on the right track, as we talked about some of the some of the races that they've been experimenting with. Not all we've been fans of, but uh, the majority of them. I give them you know kudos for trying. At least Bristol Dirt is no longer. That's good. <laughs> I could go another thirty years without seeing the Bristol Dirt race. That'll be Don't okay. And then uh, some of those other ones, the Chicago and uh, uh, just any of the other little things they did that. Where, where is the? Where are they doing the? Uh, where are they? Did they figure out where they're doing the? Uh, the uh, what's the the Bush Clash this year? It's back at the fucking Coliseum. Yeah. Oh, okay. Again. All right. Yep. Can't even get all the cars on. Okay. Yeah, and then the All Star Race. Are they keeping that at North Wilkesboro? Yeah, it should be there every year. Okay. Forever. Okay. I, I actually wish that was a points race at some point. Uh, I, I know it's it's. Man, maybe Dell Junior will get it there eventually, but hey, well, the, that's pretty cool. 
Well, that's like, did you see in IndyCar's doing like a, a race this year? At the, it's called at the Thermal Club, and it's a non-point race, and the winner gets a million bucks. Really? Where? Where? What track is that? The Thermal it's Club? It's in, I think, in like California, and it's like the tickets matter like $10,000 a ticket. Oh, my God. I don't understand like what it, they're, they might be in some deep shit. Who would think that they could draw that? I mean, Formula One had to, well, it turned out better than it originally looked in Vegas, but. Jeez, that's uh, quite interesting. That's yeah, like sorry. one of those NHL outdoor games at Lake Tahoe, like something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah, when it's seventy-five degrees, right, and the ice is melting. But right, yeah, I, I'm I'm so looking forward to uh, to race season. It won't be, well, it's still a long ways away, but it'll go fast, I guess. Uh, we're already to Christmas, so by next week, we'll be in January, basically. And yep. then, uh, you know, we only got about eight, six weeks, I guess, till we could start getting excited. Let's fucking go, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Anything uh, F1 this week? Uh, anything noteworthy? I didn't see a whole lot re- of change or anything. Not different. really much, man. Yeah. Um. All right. So, any uh, anything NBA on your mind? Uh, T-Wolves, they're, they're playing pretty they're hot. good basketball. And then, how about those poor Detroit Pistons? Fuck, do they stink? And Kate Cunningham scored 46 the other night. I know. What's their they, problem? They, I mean, I thought they were going to be – they had him and the Ivy kid from Purdue. I was like, oh, they got a good little couple guys here. Maybe they'll get keep getting a few more. But, man, they're terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know because, like, they have Isaiah Stewart, who's a young big man who should be good. But when your coach is coming out there, he's like, oh, you know, I love these guys. You you, you do that little rah-rah speech. It's like, dude, it's done. You got two fucking wins. <laughs> Two yeah. wins, man. I had this stat earlier in the show. So if you were to bet $100 on the money line against the Pistons for the last 24 games, you enrolled over each time. So if you won, you would just double up on your bet and so on and so on. If you did that 24 straight times, you'd be up $133,000 for a $100 initial bet. Get a house. The Detroit Pistons yeah. would have bought you a house. Yeah. Uh, Spurs, they uh, at least got back in the win column. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts of Webb and Yama so far? I think he's been good, man. I think yeah, you just need good. to put on some more weight, get more, get more used to it. But dude, he's good. Yeah. yeah. The, they, the Spurs, sh- they have a record that you look at and you say, "What the fuck's going on here?" Because they got good players too. Right. And you think Popovich should be able to start to figure it out eventually to get him a little better. Right. And I and I can't lie, Matt. I was watching a little bit of John Morant play last night, and I'm yeah, not the biggest fan of him. Come. But fuck, that was awesome. Yeah. It was one of those things that, like, you knew he was getting the ball and you knew he was going to the rack and you knew he was going to score. How about them now? You can get them a decent price to, like, get into the playing tournament. They could get hot and maybe make a little run in that. It's crazy what a difference one player makes. Seriously. Yeah. Just, like, with your whole confidence of your team, I guess. Everybody. Uh, I can kind of see that, especially the young team. But, yeah, hopefully Jaw keeps his uh, his weapon locked away. <laughs> I hope. Everything will be good. Uh, yeah. Eastern Conference-wise right now, who who do you have? Like, if you were to power rate your top three in the Eastern Conference, who would be your, your top three teams? I mean, the Celtics are obviously good, but damn, they always let me down. Yeah. I hate I hate to say it. It's probably exactly as it sits, the Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers right okay. now. That's what so like the ma- the magic, I don't know. I think they're too young. I don't know they if it's are. like a They're fluke probably a year is- away. They got a little bit more veterans. I, I, I really am a fan of them. I, I think them and the Pacers are both breathing some new uh, energy into the league. And I, I, the Rockets aren't too bad either. Yeah. I'm telling you, they're, they're young. They're a fringe team in the West. All right, so going, how about the Heat real quick before we jump to the West? What about the Heat? You think they got any anything left or are they kind of getting – 
seems like these last yeah. couple of years they've just been squeezing like they've been the playoff Jimmy, the Lowry. They've been trying to squeeze that, and it's just it's too much. They've I think played they're too a little much. tapped out. I think they're pretty much finished. Uh, Western Conference is it? <laughs> are the Lakers going to be be there the whole time? They better get somebody else because I'm telling you what the 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 way the Clippers are playing, Matt. Yeah. I never thought I'd say this. They look fucking good. They do. Well, it's amazing what happens. Re- they finally got all their guys. Kawhi Leonard's actually playing games. Uh, and then uh, Harden's been good since he's started to get into shape a little bit. And uh, you got Westbrook coming off the bench and Paul George. And I know. It's it's so crazy, though, but they've never played together. Now that right. they're honestly all playing together, it's like, holy shit. They've got, these guys are really good. They're the team I would recommend people because you can, they're going to start dropping in their odds here real quick because – and, you know, they were one of the top contenders to win it all last year, and then they got the same team and, and better, and now they're all playing, and, uh, you know, they, they've fallen off as far as the odds maker go. So, yeah, I would say both L.A. teams going to be pretty strong. I don't know if Denver can be quite as good as they, they were last year. How about Phoenix? What do you think of them? I don't know. They're they're iffy. The team I love, I don't know why, is I love the Kings. Yeah, They just yeah. play, I, like, regular Fundamental basketball. Yeah, Kings and Thunder, uh, I'm big fans of as far as the Western Conference teams. That they're just nice to see, like refreshing guys that are actually trying out there. Which, you don't hear anything about the Kings. Yeah, very little. Um, yeah, I mean everybody in California is bitching about uh, the, uh, or at least in Northern California, is or mid middle California to about Golden State about how bad they've been. Right. Yeah, and Draymond Green, that idiot. Uh, I yeah. think I think Golden State's probably in a spot where they're they're getting ready to have to blow it all up, if you ask me. Yeah, I would trade Clay Thompson. I don't know what he does besides being Steph Curry's little like wingman, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, he seems a little. Uh, I mean, he had a good game the other day, but I, he's I don't know. He sometimes when guys get hurt when they have knee injuries and Achilles injuries, and eventually they just stop healing. Like they're just you know they're not going to be good anymore. It's amazing how yeah. that happens, but. You know, maybe that's the way it's going to go with him. Uh, all right, shifting over to uh, hockey. Penguins power play starting to click a little bit. Uh, they're playing yeah. okay, other than that slaughter they took at the hands of the Maple Leafs the other night. But, uh, you know, had a nice win the other night against Minnesota, even though they blew a three-goal lead. Uh, thoughts on the Penguins? I still They still worry me, though. What about you? Yeah, they're very worrisome. I mean, it's it's the same old thing. They were I put the game on, they score. I said, all right. They score. I'll check back in, see what's going on. Three nothing. I check back in, turn it off, put back on. It's three three. Yeah. It's like yeah. I knew it. Yeah. Nothing's ever safe with them. Never. And and it's like all right. Both the goalies have given up. You know, had a lead and given them up. So I have no confidence in either one of these two. So. Yeah. I, I don't know if you don't get any production out of the, the main guys. It's. Yeah. I mean, even when you see like, you see positives. On the power play, finally, because they actually moved Crosby to a better spot where he's getting the puck a lot more. Um, it only took him, you know, twenty games, twenty five games to figure it out. But so that part is doing well. But then they're still squandering these leads. So power play scores two goals the other night, and they still are having to just you know scratch and claw to get any points out of that game. But they were leading three to nothing. So I just right. don't so trust it's them like, ever. It doesn't matter if our power play scores or not, to be honest, because the lead's irrelevant. You're we right. don't hold it. You're right. So all the time we're bitching about the power play, and it didn't even matter anyway because it just like it's just another more goal lead to blow. It seems yep. like it's 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 ridiculous. All right, and then uh, 
So talking about when we were talking about Clay Thompson and like just how some guys just lose it all of a sudden. Um, thoughts on Alex Ovechkin right now as he continues to struggle. He can't score right now. Um, now I think I think if you watch the Caps play as much as we did, seeing they played the Penguins so much, that Nicholas Backstrom being missing from their power play is like the biggest element ever. Like he was such a facilitator for them. So you had to figure Ovi's getting twenty goals on the power play a year just because of Backstrom. So now you got no Backstrom, and he's pretty much probably never going to play again because of his hip. Uh, do you think Ovi's done, or is it just a product of the Caps just not having you know some of the guys that they depended on for all those years? You know, I hate to say this. I wouldn't mind if he didn't get Kretzky's record. <laughs> I really wouldn't. It, it is not like a slight. He's been awesome. I mean, like they yeah. say, him and Crosby saved the NHL, I guess, you know, as however they want to phrase it, but I love Ovechkin. He's the one player that, as a rival, I have nothing. Yes. Totally one of the very few him. players. I got nothing against him. I I, I think he's just old. I yeah. do. He's old, man, and he's been through it. He has. He played he play, he play with an edge his entire career, which is not something that a lot of the superstars ever did. They would kind of ration out when they're going to go hard, but he you know him, the way he would hit and the way he would skate. I mean, he was very physical. For a guy who's an all-time great, right, and uh, and now I, I have this weird feeling of like, am I gonna see him break this record by playing for the fucking Calgary Flames? I know. Like, is he gonna be on his fourth or fifth team, just getting like seven yeah, to twelve goals like every Yager, year? Yager was playing today in the in the Czech league in a game. He had a point. I heard Mark Madden talking about it on the radio nice. in his fifties. Probably <laughs> owns half the team too. Well, he does. He actually does own the whole. I think he's maybe the sole owner, at least the majority owner of the team. So that's why he keeps playing, but. Yeah, um, yeah. sometimes these guys, it's amazing when you think, like, Ovi, as of, like, two years ago, he's still scoring in the third. Actually, I don't know, he might have had 30-something last year. But anyway, he, like, it's amazing how quick it goes. Like, it's crazy. I'm checking to see what he scored last year. Because, I mean, I, I would have thought, you know, two years ago, I'd have said it's almost a guarantee but, you know, the Backstrom element is huge. I, I just I, – he's just such an important stabilizer on their team. And, you know, the Caps just don't look the same without him. So He had 42 goals last year. Now that's incredible. Now that's yeah. an ex- exceptional drop-off. Yeah, he has five. Yeah, and I think two of them were empty netters, which is strange for him. But that power play has been awful all season, and it just has to be because of Backstrom. I don't know. There's nothing else that's been taken away from that, that other than him. So – um. Yeah, I don't know. What it may wouldn't it be amazing if they moved him at the deadline or something to a team, just Dude. to see. I mean, some team would be willing. Of, I mean, I, obviously the Penguins know, but like if I was a fan of a team that was kind of like up and coming, like on the cusp, like the Red Wings or somebody like just trying to climb their way up in there, and like, man, if we can get Ovechkin to come on our power play, we'll try it. But I'm I mean, sure the Caps would never trade him. Dude, I'd, I'd fucking try to get him and like get him to the Red Wings, do something yeah. wild. Yeah, some young team. I, I'd like to see him go to the L.A. Kings or something. But yeah, that'd um, be sick. Yeah, I, I, I kind of hope. I mean, I hope it at least gets to the point where he doesn't drop off so bad that he's got to play like ten more years and score five goals every year. I know. <laughs> it's terrible. I know. Feel sorry it, for him. It, it's funny. It's actually, it's like. I think the only reason McCutcheon came back this year is so he can get his 300th homer. That's I'm serious. He's yeah. one away. Yeah, he'll probably do it and blow his other Achilles out <laughs> running the bases. Yeah. That's all right. That's I all right. don't know. 
Uh, all right. Well, anything else uh, on the docket on your radar this week? Oh, yeah. As we head into I, Christmas I, weekend. I got three college football plays here. Oh, yeah. Let's go. All right. And I will be texting you some NBA Christmas Day. Oh, they yeah. Just, I can't wait for those. I've told tough. the people already. Wait for Ooh, those ones. That's a good good day right there. Yeah. All right. So for college football, Oklahoma State, is they were plus 115 money line against Texas A&M. Like that. This next one, I was a little nervous, but you know what? They represent our country, so I, I got to go with it. Air Force plus like 125 one money line against James Madison. Yep. No QB. Air Force is a sick defense. And uh, the Air Force doesn't have players not play because they honor their country. <laughs> so Yes. And then the last one, Bowling Green was a plus four against Minnesota. I cannot stand P.J. Fleck. This is a spite. <laughs> like this is a spite bowl game pj fleck pisses me off he really I like does. it I, I like all three of those plays a lot i think those are all really good angles because i think uh the oklahoma state obviously is playing a team that has like the, the half of their team is opting out or they're transferring already and then i love the air force angle and i too i i had bowling green down as a team that i think like to me they played uh, you know sneaky good schedule uh, i think they'll be motivated for the game so i'm with you i like them good stuff uh, so, yeah, people will look forward to your NBA plays that we'll post uh, on uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. So, all right, Sam, well, thanks for joining us. As always, uh, Merry Christmas to you and the family. Tell everyone we said hello, and uh, hopefully we'll see you guys very soon. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys as well, and Matt, uh, we'll be in touch. Sounds good, buddy. See you next week. Later. All right, that does it for us here on Better's Last Stand. Again, thanks to Sam for joining us uh, as he uh, – Gets ready for the Christmas season. He'll have some NBA winners for us on the weekend or Sunday, Monday, however you want to look at it. Uh, again, best of uh, best wishes. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. We hope you have a safe and happy holiday season. We'll be back here next week on the New Year's Eve version of Better's Last Stand or the New Year's Weekend version of Better's Last Stand as we drill down a little bit on some of the bigger bowl games as we get uh, closer to those playoff games. Anyway, that'll do it for us here. Be, f be sure and flip on the radio right now. If you're uh, listening to Pine Room stuff now, flip over. Watchdog, 12 to 5. We'll be in the studio celebrating, bringing in the Merry Christmas and Happy New Year wishes out there to all of our listeners and uh, people across the area. 12 to 5 right here. Oh, not right here, but on the Watchdog. As always, again, thanks to our friends at IC Cab and our friends at Frizzy Customs for our wonderful computer that we tape the show on each week. Uh, don't say thanks to them enough. Uh, we will be back here next week, and we'll be back on the Watchdog on, uh, let's see, Tuesday or Friday, this Friday, today, and then the following Friday. So anyway, keep apprised of all the things at the Pine Room Studios uh, on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff, and BLS underscore PRP for our extended picks throughout the weekend, including NBA plays on Christmas. It's Better's Last Day and show number 66. Wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Pine Room Studios. We will see you next week.